This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Well, I think absolutely. I have my thoughts on Paris Johnson Jr. I have a lot of opinions now because of what happened. We learned yesterday, but also just big picture. But I think that it, it is important to hear what the guys who do this all year round. Mel Kuyper had his latest mock draft. He had a teleconference with NFL media and he talked about specifically when you talk about the two top offensive linemen considered to be available in this draft, it's Paris Johnson Jr. from Ohio State and it's Northwestern's Peter Skronsky. And this is what Mel Kuyper had to say comparing the two. you make of the idea that maybe Skronsky's arms are too short and that he would have to kick inside to play guard in the NFL? Can he still be a tackle? That's questionable, and that's the reason why with the 32 and a half arms and, and it's six three and a half, and the question whether he could survive, you know, at left tackle, right tackle in the NFL, where he's going to be a guard. And, hey, look at Quentin Nelson, look at, at Zach Martin, look at the guards and what they've been able to do and how they've impacted offensive line. So, and he's got, and I think he can play all five spots. I don't think there's any question he can play all five spots. We have Patrick McCarry's here in Baltimore with the Ravens, and he's a great swing man. We had to kick out the left tackle this year. He did a great job. Uh, against Jacksonville and Trayvon Walker. Didn't give up a sack. Had a heck of a game. So uh, that was after Ronnie Stanley got hurt. So, you know, I remember Brad Hopkins came out of Illinois, a great football player. It was that 6'3". So the arm length with the height is a concern. You don't usually have that in the NFL over the years, so you have to look at history and how that bodes for a player. But Skaronsky's versatility, how he played, which was great. Uh, I mean, his film evaluation grades were off the charts. It got down to those two. I actually had Skaronsky going one pick later to Philadelphia. So either one of those two would make sense. Johnson, I think, gives you more of the prototypical left tackle, right tackle in the NFL. I love the versatility. Uh, you know, left tackle this year, right guard. Uh, you know, you look at the Bears and you say, okay, you know, he can play left tackle. He can project the right tackle. He's played guard. He at least played on the right side of guard. And that's the kind of guy at Ohio State with Justin Fields. You think about him as a guy who continues to develop, emerge. He's only had, like I say, he's had one year at left tackle. At the guard, he's still a developing player, which you like. He has not played his best football yet. So I just felt like the Bears, you know, now with Jalen Carter off the board in that mock draft, I went to the next best option, which was the offensive tackle. That's Mel Kuyper talking to the NFL media, comparing and contrasting Peter Skronsky and Paris Johnson Jr. Dan, your reaction to what he said about Peter Skronsky for, for starters? 
Yeah, no, I think it goes back to one of the main topics with Skaronsky, and it's just what do you uh, ultimately believe he projects to be long-term in the NFL? And I know we can kind of roll our eyes and say, oh, arm length, how important is it? Well, it's, you know, again, this is the NFL, and there's there's little things that make a big difference in major ways uh, when you're trying to put together an offense that can be, be highly functional. And so that's up to the people that are paid a lot more than you and I are to decide where they see Peter Skaronsky slotting, because you would hate to use a top 10 pick on a guy that ultimately becomes an inside guy for you. You're trying to get some tackle support. Um, and, and so like that's that's just a, a part of the evaluation process that they're going to have to go through at Hellas Hall. And ultimately, I think we're all sort of leaning in the direction of, yeah, we'll see what happens with Jalen Carter on that first night of the draft. But if not, go ahead and shore up your offensive line uh, with with somebody that, that, that can lock down a position that you weren't able to fill in free agency. And that's kind of where this is right now. I like Peter Skronsky as as a prospect, and I certainly re- loved him at Northwestern, even though they did not have a great season his his last year in 2022. I, I sense uh, people that are liking the idea, and, and you know the the Peter Skronsky supporters, tad bit defensive, I think, about <laughs> the fact that he has you know an arm arm length, there's short arms that are you know the evaluators consider a factor. It's not something that we are manufacturing or imagining. You've got people that do this for a living that have the, the research and the data to support their suggestions. When Mel Kuyper was asked about Peter Skronsky at tackle long-term, and he says, that's questionable. That's not something that is a slight. That's just a fact. And he right. also referenced him and compared the path of going from tackle to guard to two very accomplished offensive linemen in the NFL who've had very fine careers in, in Quentin Nelson and Zach Martin. So it's not an insult or a slight to acknowledge what is out there for everyone to see. Peter Skronsky, by the, by, uh, in, in the eyes of many talent evaluators, it has something that they're going to consider just much like 40-time bench press, whatever the case, it's a measurable. And when you have measurables, you're going to take that into account. So while I think that Peter Skronsky will be an NFL offensive lineman uh, that will be accomplished for, for as long as a decade, perhaps, I get why people are projecting him potentially or leaving open the possibility that he would play guard. Yeah, I mean, and you allow yourself to be informed by the measurables. You don't need to be dictated by the measurables. You can let your film review and, and, and all the things that you do in the pre-draft process allow you to, to come to an informed decision, but you have more information. And, and so um, again, like these are all fascinating pre-draft storylines. We've talked previously that the 2022 bears are made for this kind of chatter because they're in the mix for so many different things. And, and over time um, you know, you learn that it's okay to have these conversations beforehand and not just, play the revisionist history game three or four years down the road. Um, it doesn't mean you have to come down hard one side or the other, but but the discussions are worth having and it's worth understanding what exactly the folks inside the building that are trying to put this roster together in a way where it can sustain success have to consider when they're, when they're using a valuable, valuable draft resource to try to shore up something on their roster. In my opinion, there are just fewer questions about Paris Johnson Jr., I think he is, in the words of Mel Kuyper, the prototype offensive tackle in the NFL. My goodness, he's 6'6". He's got – he's 315 pounds, whatever he measured. He did 29 bench press reps of 225. He, I think, made uh, Chris Morgan salivate during his offensive line drills at Columbus on pro day. This is somebody that looks the part 
and looks capable of being a plug-and-play day-one starter on your offensive line, whether it's at left tackle and you move Braxton Jones to the right side or it's at right tackle and you keep Braxton Jones where he is. If you get an offensive tackle, a rookie offensive tackle that plays at an acceptable level out of this draft at the number nine spot, you would have to be overjoyed, I think, if you're Ryan Poles and if you're a Bears fan wanting to maximize your draft capital, especially that first pick. Well, you don't have to be a standout right away. You have to be a starter pretty quickly, and you have to be able to perform at a level that allows um, everything you're trying to do with the evaluation of your quarterback to progress accordingly. But you don't have to be a standout right away because the Bears aren't in a position where there's a lot at stake in terms of their championship contention. And so you can use development as part of your formula here. And that's you. You mentioned Chris Morgan previously. I know there's a lot, a lot of optimism and confidence inside the building about who he is as an offensive line coach and, and what he can do with whoever they bring in to work with. Um, he's obviously going to have to do a better job in 2023 uh, than we saw in 2022 because there were so many moving parts and there were so many injuries and then and outs and everything else that went with it. Um, but that's part of this equation too, is, is can you get him in, in the building and then, um, you know, get on that runway to, to, to becoming a, a standout. Long term. And I acknowledge that, you know, the, the pro day was on Wednesday and we're having yeah. this conversation kind of on the heels of that. But I liked everything that I saw. And there have yet to been any red flags that have been waving furiously about Paris Johnson Jr. So I said to Molly uh, on Thursday morning, if I am a prisoner of the moment, OK, tell me. But if I'm a prisoner of the moment, I don't. I'm not interested in parole because I like where I am right now. This is something I could live with for a very long time. If I'm a Bears fan, you get yourself a, a left tackle from Ohio State that has played against some of the best college pass rushers and played well uh, in those situations. You know, that's what you're looking for in this draft. A, a day one starter and somebody that could be, as you say, solid early and maybe spectacular over time. I'll just tell you this, in the Dan Weeder legal system, prisoners of the moment get lengthy sentences. I do not stand for prisoners of the moment. Uh, I do not disagree with anything you said there, and I think this is a, a an item on the menu that you'd feel very good about if you ended up choosing it. Um, just don't just don't get too deep into that prisoner of the moment thing. I know. Because it gets dangerous. Yeah, it gets yeah. dangerous, and then I put people away, and I throw away the key, and then everyone gets mad at me I, because I, I, I come down too hard. I, I'm sure I'll consult with my attorney uh, this <laughs> evening, and I'll have a much better perspective when, when I wake up tomorrow but this is today and we're going to deal with it um one thing i might have a hard time understanding even though uh, i'm open-minded i think you got to be open-minded going into this draft is if the bears took a corner a guy yeah. like devon witherspoon from illinois i-l-l uh i-n-i so M-I-A, you said last week I, that right. was the basketball program i have right. a little <laughs> more respect right now for the football program they show up they'll hit you and they're not going to go away i think with devon witherspoon Boy, I, I like what I see, and I watched more Illinois football than I, than I expected to last fall. Um, Dan, we heard from Daniel Jeremiah, who from the NFL Network is a very highly respected evaluator. This is the way Daniel Jeremiah described Devon Witherspoon. Witherspoon, when you first popped him on, is just blown away with the instincts and just the natural feel and awareness route recognition. He sees things before they develop. 
sometimes you can see guys that have the athletic ability and sometimes you see guys that really have studied film and they know how to play. And it's not common when you see guys that have all that wrapped up together. He does. He's, he's a complete package that way. I mean, I wish he was 200 pounds. He's not going to be, he's going to be a little bit lighter. Um, but he, he just pulls a trigger. He does not, he does not play with any hesitation. He plays with ultimate aggressiveness and confidence and urgency. Um, and then you say that and you're like, okay, well, Let's see what happens when they hit him with double moves because sometimes you you can take advantage of guys that are that are making plays on the ball. He doesn't fall for it. He's uh, he's really really instinctive that way. He's outstanding in zone. There's a play in the red zone. I want to say it was Virginia who they're playing. I have to go back and look at my notes. But th- there's a play where he's in the flat. He's in the flat as a flat defender. That's where his responsibility lies. He just reads the quarterback's eyes. He comes off of the flat about the, you know, the front of the end zone, maybe the five yard line. And he ends up in the back of the end zone, breaking up a pass on a crosser just because he was reading the quarterback's mail. He just got outstanding eyes, quickness and, uh, and ball skills. And I like the fact that he plays with an edge. And, you know, I talk, I like to talk to the guys that have been training with him, uh, with these guys and kind of get some feedback character wise, personality wise. And they're like, this guy's just got really, really good Florida swag. Like he brings good energy, reminds me kind of, of the way, you know, we had a lot of Miami players when I was with the Ravens. He's got that kind of a good Miami vibe. So I'm a Witherspoon fan. I love his game. Somebody's going to get themselves a good cornerback, whether it's a – I doubt it will be the Bears at nine, but he could go in the top ten. If not, I think he definitely is going to go in the top half of this draft. Yeah, no question. I mean, he's he's a top ten talent. He's a guy that will be picked in the top 20, and like you said, someone will get it. You hear the uh, adjectives used there by Daniel Jeremiah, aggressiveness, confidence, urgency. The Bears obviously used two – uh, their top two draft picks in 2022 on their defensive backfield. I doubt that they would do it again, particularly because you talk to people around the league, David, and most people see this as a very deep corner class and that you can get guys that are really, really pretty good in the late parts of day two and into day three. Um, and so that's what Ryan Poles is, is vowing to be uh, guided by the idea that, you know, <laughs> you find your value, you find your positions of strength and you understand where you can wait on some things and where you need to go on some things. So he probably will not be introduced at hell Hall, but that was a pretty glowing recommendation uh, from a guy who studied him pretty closely. Two thoughts on that. Number one, I think Witherspoon might only make sense for the Bears to consider if for some reason they trade down out of the nine spot, they go into the teens for whatever reason, you just don't know what's going to happen when you're on the clock. And that's typically when these kind of move, move downs are made. And the other thing is, is that I agree with you because of the the need of the position, what they did last year in the draft. But I also think that from my perspective, I didn't expect the Bears to go into free agency hell-bent on rebuilding their linebacking core because I just didn't feel like that was going to be priority one. So as far as we know, they may have Devon Witherspoon higher on the board than we anticipate because of those traits and attributes Daniel Jeremiah identified. And I think he's exactly right on. When you watched Illinois play, this kid had great feet and an edge. And he was fearless. And so when he challenges routes, he may have to learn that. And the double move is where he becomes susceptible if he's that aggressive against real polished NFL route runners. But if the Bears move down, he's in the teens. You never know, especially because of their priority list, that you just can't really ever feel very good about predicting because Ryan Poles, we're still getting to know exactly what he likes. 
Well, and I like edge, and I like edge when it's sharp in the right spots. And I, I think Devon Witherspoon is one of those guys that that has that edge in in a way that's that's channeled properly. Uh, definitely the requisite confidence that you want to have at that position. Um, and we'll figure out what his draft fate is uh, in, in late April.